Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Are you ready for the Word? All right. Well, if you are ready for the Word, then let me tell you what happened to me when I was a young boy. You know, tonight, today's message is entitled, It Happens. It happens. It, it just happens. God has designed an order in the earth. There is an order to things and there is a predictable pattern uh, uh, of, of, of things that just continue. It's happened to you and it happened to me because it just happens. This morning as we began the word... There are three things that we're going to base today on. The, the Lord just spoke this to me. And uh, so I vetted it. Because the Bible says don't believe every spirit, but try the spirits. Okay? You need to make sure that whatever voice is speaking to you agrees with the Bible. Because not every voice you hear is the voice of God. You know, God has a plan for your life, but so does the devil. And we need to learn to distinguish between which one it is. Because the devil has learned to sound a lot like God. In fact, the devil has learned to even quote scripture to prove something that is not true that he wants you to do. He tried it on Jesus. Do you remember? So we need to make sure we know the Word of God. So when God spoke this to me, I went to His Word. And there I found it over and over and over again. I looked at my life experience and I realized that it was true for me. And I saw it in the life of Jesus. And this is how I'm going to break it down this morning. And I'm breaking it down hoping that you will leave here remembering it. Right. So are you ready for the breakdown? Okay. All right. There are people who watch it happen. Okay. There are people who watch it happen. There are people who make it happen. And there are people it happened to. Now, I have found in my journey that these three things are true, and they're also throughout the Word of God. And today, we're going to look at a few things in the Word of God, three stories, if the Lord allows, and we have time this morning, that will drive these points home and will let you see uh, how you can handle this new year that is coming. I believe this new year is a year of return. We are going to be praying this year, as we talked about in our first service today. We're going to be praying for the return of our families to the Lord. We're going to be uh, just, just praying for, for, for families to come back to, to the Lord and come to church. And, 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 and uh, you know, for that, we're going to need to be a light. And we're going to also see in 2024 a real year of stirring up for miracles, for, for things, you know, uh, you know, during praise and worship. 
You know, I, I, I looked up at the people that were, that were leading us in praise and worship today, and it was so good. Uh, AJ, Elohor, you know, uh, all our, our praise and worship, it was, it was wonderful. And this is a question that I really wanted to ask uh, uh, the singers, okay, the musicians, the, those leading praise. I wanted to say, if you believed God would give you anything you ask for, what would you ask him for? What do you want in 2024? What would you ask God to do if you believed he would help you do anything? Now, of course, we need to confine that to the will of God. You know, uh, it's, 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 you know, not that, you know, oh, Lord, you know, make me Prince of Arabia or something, you know. <laughs> You know, uh, unless you happen to be in line to the throne, and I can understand that one. But, you know, uh, make me a Hollywood movie star or something. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking, unless you're in Hollywood and you're trying to get to, you know. But, but for you, something that's in, in, you know, just in your life, in your hope, in your dream, but it's just outside of your ability. It's outside of your ability to make it happen. It's outside of your ability to control the outcome. And, and, and you're going to, you know, need God's help that this would be a miracle. You know, what could God do for you? What would you ask him for if you believed he would do it? Okay. Well, these are the things in, in, in 2024 that I'm hoping that we can stir up our faith and stir up our participation, that we can give God an opportunity and something to work with. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a recipient of miracles. You know, uh, uh, I believe in miracles, and I just want to make sure that, that, that we're getting from God. The Bible says the one thing that we should fear, and the Bible says fear, you know, the one thing that we should fear, lest one promise which would paid for through the blood of Jesus, any one of us might fall short of receiving it. We should fear, God said, but be really concerned that we might be leaving some miracles on the table. That we might be leaving some, some spiritual interaction, some, some God moments, some gifts of God on the table. That we might die without having received all of the promises that God was willing to give us. That's something to be concerned about. So, so reaching into faith is God's hope for us. You know, there are people that watch it happen, and there are people who make it happen, and then there are people it happened to. You know, I was watching it happen. I can remember I was watching it happen um, because someone else was making it happen. And suddenly it happened to me. Ah, oh, it's, it was just life. You know, I was, I was 12 years old. It was the summer of 1967. And I was sitting in the First Baptist Church of Sims, Texas. I was sitting on the back row, as I had done several times. You know, now I didn't make it happen. I didn't make church happen. I can remember in that well, what looked like such a big church to me at that time. There was probably about uh, forty or fifty people there. I'm guessing but it seemed so big. There were three, three people in my Sunday school class. One of them's name was Donald Glenn McDonald. 
One of them's name was David Mears and me. And we were three knothead boys. I was 12 years old. I had walked up the dirt road from my house that day and went to church because there was nothing else to do. And, you know, I was watching it happen. The three people that I remember made it happen, one of them's name was uh, Lenoy Johnson. He didn't have a thumb. I always thought that was so marvelous. But he was my Sunday school teacher. I don't know, he lost it somehow. You know, when you're a 12-year-old little boy in the country, you know, I mean, things intrigue you. I was intrigued the way he held that quarterly. You know, he just, he, he, he just gripped it like this. And he would read from that Baptist quarterly, from that Sunday school book, you know, uh, and he would read the lesson. And we, we, we were sitting in an old wood building uh, and, 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 you know, in, a, in an old, uh, you know, uh, hot room. There wasn't no air conditioning. Wasn't. There wasn't. My Sims is coming out to me now. There wasn't. How do you spell wasn't? I'm not sure. Let me, let me step. There wasn't. We did not have air conditioning. We didn't even think about it, you know. I was taking a bath in a number three wash tub, so I probably hadn't bathed in a few days. You know, I had to draw water to take the bath in the wash tubs. And my sisters are watching, and they're probably laughing about that. I drew water for you girls to take baths for a long time. Yeah. And it was just, you know, life. I was watching it happen. I didn't make it happen. Mr. Lenore Johnson made it happen. You know, there was a Miss Tidwell. I don't remember her, her, her last name, but uh, 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 her son's name was Terry. He was a couple of years older than me, you know. And, uh, and there was a Pastor Tom Calgill. You, you remember Pastor Tom Calgill? I think you guys went to East, ETBC together back before it was ETBU. Yeah. So this pastor... And these other two people, and, and maybe, maybe four, five, six more, I don't know. There was a deacon or two. and you know, Somebody turned the lights on. You know? Somebody made it happen. Somebody uh, got there. Some, you know, I, I, somebody made it happen. I didn't make it happen. I was watching it happen. You know? I didn't play the piano that morning. You know, I didn't lead the singing that morning. I didn't make it happen. You know? I didn't do the preaching. I didn't make it. I, I, I didn't. If it had been up to me, it would never have happened. Somebody made it happen. I was watching it happen. And while I was watching it happen, you know what? It happened to me. All of a sudden, God took what somebody was doing that I was watching, and the process of that law all of a sudden fell upon me, and Jesus Christ entered, it entered my mind and my heart and my life and invited me to come and be a part of his family. And I got born again, and I got saved and forgiven of my sins. It happened to me. But the reason it happened to me is because somebody made it happen. And I was watching it happen. I wasn't even watching that close. That's the way it works. That's the way life works. In Acts, the eighth chapter this morning, in this thought 
of somebody making it happen. The Bible says in verse 4 that therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. You know, they were making it happen. They had been threatened and they had been, you know, uh, um, you know accused and persecuted. And, and they, they went to the next town's next village and they began to make it happen. They were preaching the word. They were, they were making it happen. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. The Samaritans were not going to be coming to Jerusalem. They didn't like people in Jerusalem. You know, somebody had to go and make it happen. Somebody had to, had to go and make Jesus happen. Make church happen. Make evangelism happen. Make outreach happen. Somebody had to go. Just as much as Jesus had to come and make it happen. You know, uh, verse 6. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things that uh, spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. He was making it happen and they were watching it happen. He was making it happen. They were watching it happen. And guess what? It started happening to a lot of people. Four unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Philip was making it happen. <laughs> you know, the multitudes were watching it happen. And suddenly it happened to the Samaritans who were watching and all of a sudden, whoo, man, it just happened. Unclean spirits started coming out, crying with a loud voice, and people began to be healed, and, and, and people began to receive, and lives were changed, and great joy was in the city. Why? Because somebody was making it happen. And it started happening to those who were watching it happen. That's the process. You know... There are people who make it happen, there are people who watch it happen, and there are people who it happens to. Um, there are people to whom it happens, but y'all understand. Uh, I know uh, sometimes English majors want to encourage me to say that correctly and not leave that hanging there, but I'm just sure it happens to people. Uh, have you ever read the account of Lot? You know, if you haven't read the account of Lot, you know, Genesis, uh, you know, um, 18, 19 or so, something on that line, uh, uh, you, you, you can read it. But uh, um, Lot was, was the nephew of Abraham. And he and his wife and two daughters, they lived in the city of Sodom, uh, near the southern tip of the Dead Sea in the Jordan River Valley. It was a fertile place during those days before Sodom was destroyed, the Bible tells us. And, and uh, if, you, if, if, if you haven't heard of Lot, certainly you've heard of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, it's, it's that account. Well, uh, it seems that the men of Sodom uh, were not living lives that was pleasing to God. But uh, the men of Sodom were passionately committed to perpetrating violent acts of sexual sin and abuse against other men. Uh, they justified their behavior, by the way. They justified their behavior uh, saying that uh, no one else has the right to judge me. You can't judge me. You know, it's that, uh, it's that doctrine. I should be able to do what I want to doctrine. Y'all ever, ever run into that doctrine? I should be able to do whatever I want to. Uh, it, 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 it's a doctrine of life, uh, not espoused by God, by the way, but this is one of those demonic, one of those doctrines of devils. 
Okay, it's a doctrine of the devil. And remember, we talked about, you know, uh, God has a plan for your life, but so does the devil. And sometimes the devil can sound pretty convincing. And, and he was evidently really convincing the men of Sodom because they felt like that they should not be judged. And Lot had no right to judge them. My goodness, he was living among them. Who did he think he was, they said. And because they were living in, 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 in this, uh, the, uh, I should be able to do whatever I want to doctrine of life. And basically anything goes you know, um, you have a truth, I have a truth, leave me alone in my truth, and I will leave you alone in your truth until your truth bothers my truth, and then I will call you, um, 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 you know, names. The heck with rules, you know. In, in, in fact, many people imagine there are no rules. This is where they live. Well, uh, uh, there was a group in Sodom, a group of people in Sodom that were making Sodom happen. Okay? There was a group making it happen. There was a group watching it happen. And then there was Lot who had happened too. What am I talking about in 2 Peter, the second chapter, verse 7 and verse 8? And God delivered just Lot, vexed. He was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. And what does that mean? That means that while he was watching it happen, he began to be tormented, exhausted. This particular word vexed here means to be completely exhausted by and through the process of I mean, wearing you down. He began to get worn down and exhausted watching all this filthiness and all this, this, this. He was a righteous man, but yet living in the midst of all of the unrighteousness, the Bible says it really vexed him. It really tormented and tortured him, but it caused him really to come to the place of total exhaustion. And along with that comes confusion. I've wrestled, uh, uh, you know, uh, verse 8 says, for that righteous man dwelling among them, seeing and hearing. You remember we talking about some people watch it happen? They were making it happen. He was watching it happen. He was seeing and he was hearing. It vexed his righteous soul. He was otherwise right with God with one exception. And these two words vexed here are two different Greek words. One means to be completely exhausted and the other one means to come to the point to where you're, you're just pushing against the wind so much that you end up getting confused and, 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 and pushed off course and struggling that you end up you know, uh, uh, doing and, 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 and accepting and being things that you wouldn't normally do. And be. Why? Because that's the way life works. There are people who make things happen. There are people who watch things happen. And there are people who are impacted by what they watch and hear and see so that in, in, something happens to them. He was exhausted. He was vexed. It vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. You see, Lot saw and heard the filthy conversation of sinful people all day long. And what he was watching happen and uh, what he was hearing happen, he became exhausted. He became tormented. He became tortured by it. And then my, my draw from this is that he became very confused. He became confused as to what was right and what was wrong. You know, you can 
watch things happen for so long that you get so tired of them happening that not necessarily do you agree with them, but your complicity just begins to, to you just get confused. Yeah, that's what Genesis 19 said. Because in the end, Lot's answer to the problem he was facing when, when the men were going to pull these strangers out of his house and assault them, these, uh, you know, Lot, his, his answer was, well, instead, let me give you my two virgin daughters and you can horrendously, horrifically torture them and abuse them Where does a person get, what does it take for a person to get so worn down, so exhausted, and so confused that, that they think that this is a good idea? Uh, talk about bad company corrupting good morals. Talk about the reason God doesn't want us hanging around people who aren't following Him. God doesn't want us making them our best friends, business partners. Listen, this is the reality, and it's happening. It, it's the reason for so much unrighteousness in our world today. It's because you get so tired of watching it happen, so tired of listening to it and hearing it and seeing it, and on and on and on, that you get so exhausted struggling against it that you want to withdraw yourself from it, or that you, you just think, okay, fine, halfway is enough. You know, or that you end up giving your children to save strangers. Sacrificing your family. That's what happened in that crowd in Jerusalem. When they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. No, give us Barabbas, this, this murderer, instead of Jesus, this man that heals the sick and cleanses the leper and raises the dead and casts out devils. No, give us Barabbas. What was happening? Well, the high priest was making it happen. He had hired men to make it happen, and they were making it happen. And, and all the people who were watching were watching it happen, and they got caught up in all that was happening, and it happened to them that they just fell in with that confusion. Crucify him, crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. You see, what you baptize yourself in, what you feed will grow. What you allow in your life can take root. And it can do it so suddenly. It can do it so suddenly that the roots of unrighteousness can begin to bear fruits of confusing thoughts. We begin to allow things that, that take us down a wrong road. How many of you know people today that love God but are headed in the wrong direction? How many of you know people that are confused about how good God is and the plan He has for their life? How many of you know someone today that is not in church because they can't get rid of the headache from the hangover they got last night and they're born again? On a wrong road, confused by the devil, Influenced by friends, drawn into a world of compromise, drawn into a world of sin. 
Because the devil is making it happen. And you are hearing and seeing it happen. Oh, I pray it does not happen to you. Boy, I'm preaching, aren't I? Yeah, that's pretty good. I think I'll go home and put that in practice. <laughs> you see, there are people who make things happen, good and bad. There are people who watch things happen, good and not so good. And then there are people that things happen to. We don't want to become a part of those who are impacted by what the devil is doing so that we begin to make his will start happening. We begin to promote and support those things that aren't good and powerful. There's an account in the book of Acts. This will be our, our, our last account. I'm sandwiching things. You know, there was a good account, you know, and then, uh, you know, the, the lot thing. And then, then now let's, let's put a good ending to it because I want you to leave here happy and smiling. Why? Because I'd like you to come back. We got a lot to do in 2024. We're reaching around the world. People today are hearing the word of God. They're getting their bellies full. They're being blessed. They're being taken care of in orphanages, medical clinics, feeding centers, schools that you are responsible for. So I need all of you to come back. I need you. I need you to bring your friends. I need you to bring your family. Okay? If somebody's going to another church, leave them alone. Encourage them to go to that church and support that church. But if they're not going to church, if they're one of those out there trying to get over a hangover or they're just trying to get over a bad church experience, put your arm around their neck and bring them here. We'll feed them. We'll help take care of them. And we will make them the greatest investors. In, for, for, for eternity's blessings on, on, on their eternal reward and also for other people who have not yet met Jesus. We'll do that, okay? All right. Now, if you're not saved, you need to get saved. That's your responsibility, okay? You know, we're making church happen, okay? People are watching church happen. But what it needs to do is it needs to happen to you. You need to be born again. Now, if you're not born again, you need to, 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 to keep watching it happen. Stop watching that other stuff happen. Watch this happen. Watch us feeding people all over the world. Watch us leading people to Christ. Watch us, you know, putting families back together and giving encouraging words and helping people to increase in, in, in areas of life. Listen, we're, we're making a difference together, okay? And, and you can be a part of that, okay? First thing is ask Jesus into your life, okay? You need to be born again. Whether you're here on campus or whether you're watching, you know, the most important thing today is that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, all right? Yeah, I want to excite you and encourage you, and I want to make you the best version of you, but I want you to be born again. I do not want you to walk with us and sing our songs and, 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 and do our, 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 our missions and walk with us right up to the point of death, and then your path go a different direction. Wouldn't that be horrible? Okay, Ask Jesus into your heart and your life. Make sure you're born again. It's 2024. It's later than you think. Okay, all right, here we are, this Bible account of the Apostle Paul. You know what, what, what happened in his life. If you've not read it, let me encourage you to read through it, okay? You can read this particular account in Acts, the 16th chapter. The Apostle Paul was making it happen. He was in the city of Philippi, okay? And, and a man was with him, one of his ministry servants and disciples was named Silas. And he and Silas were making it happen. They were, they were blessing people, people getting saved. And he was preaching the gospel and he was casting out devils. And, and, and he was making it happen. And, 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 and uh, uh, he got arrested because he ended up 
casting a devil out of a fortune teller and the people who were making the money got mad and the businessmen had him drug into the city and, and people were watching that happen too and they, and, and, and they started participating in making it happen. They stripped the Apostle Paul naked and Silas naked. They beat them with rods. Then they cast them into a dungeon and they put them in chains and in stocks in a dark dungeon jail in Philippi. Now, the Bible says... Okay. Uh, uh, that in Acts 16, verse 25, you see the Apostle Paul didn't want to leave it there. You know why? Because he was a man that made it happen. He was going to make it happen again. He's going to make it happen. Uh, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing psalms. You see, they're going to make something happen. You see, they were, making, they were participating. They were doing the will of God. They were beaten. They were stripped. They were in chains. They were in a jail cell. They were in stocks. And yet, they decide, let's make something happen. You know, let's make it happen. And they begin to pray and sing hymns and, and, uh, to God. And guess what? The prisoners were listening. Oh, yeah. There's always somebody watching. Somebody's making it happen. Somebody's watching it happen. You know, those prisoners were watching Paul and Silas making it happen. Oh, can't you imagine? Can you imagine being in jail in that condition? Can you imagine being one of the other prisoners and all of a sudden you hear from that cell where that guy's just been beaten and he's just been drug in and chained and you hear him going, Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore for endless days. We will sing your praise. Can you imagine hearing that? you imagine hearing him say, Oh, God, forgive those, Lord, who beat us and stripped us, Father? Lord, let your Holy Ghost come into this place. Heal our bodies, Lord. Strengthen our resolve, God. Lord, open these doors, Lord, that we might continue the mission you sent us on. Oh, God, we appeal to you for a miracle. Can you imagine being one of those that's watching that happen, listening to that happen? Oh, listen, I, I have no doubt that the anointing of the Holy Ghost on Paul and Silas while they were making it happen was rippling out to those that were watching it happen and all of the sudden, and that's the way these things happen, all of the sudden, verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors opened, and everyone's chains just fell off, loosened. Woo! Glory to God. I'm going to get Pentecostal and start running here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas made it happen. The prisoners were listening to what was happening. Listen, there are prisoners listening to you. In every one of your dilemmas, in every one of your situations and circumstances of life, you know, somebody's watching. Are you making it happen? Are you a part of making church happen? There's lots of people that are going to watch it happen. Are you a part of making it happen? Because if, if, if somebody doesn't make it happen, nobody's going to see it happen, and it's never going to happen to them. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that's a pretty good sermon, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, God has a plan for your life, but so does the devil. And my last comment for you in red, what you feed will grow. 
Let me encourage you to watch what you feed in 2024. This is a year that, that some exponential powers are at work. God's exponential power and the devil's. Don't be deceived. Don't be drawn off. Okay? And let's use this exponential power of God this year for God's benefit, for our family's benefit. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.